everyone. Welcome to episode three of Married Undergrads. Today we have two of our friends, Rachel and Jacob. We're super excited. They're going to tell us about making decisions after college. Yeah. Jacob and Rachel, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. AJ. All right. <laughs> well, and Nikki. Jacob hates me. <laughs> well, yeah, we're grateful for, for them uh, for coming and joining us today in uh, episode three of our podcast. Um, Jacob and Rachel, just a quick uh, thing for you guys, for the listeners. They're actually graduating this spring 2020. Is that correct? Woo! Yeah, it is. Yeah, are you guys excited? Yes, cannot wait. So we want to start by just asking you guys, how did you meet? So Rachel and I both volunteered for um, service with our church. And uh, we both showed up to that volunteer service at the same time, and that's where we met. Well, then after we were done with our volunteer service, um, we started emailing. And then I decided to come up to school here, and I moved into the apartment with you mm-hmm. and Nappy and, yeah, with J.A. And uh, <coughs> all my friends, and Rachel was our neighbor. And so we started dating them. Yeah. yeah, I just couldn't keep him away from me. I tried to... <laughs> You know, avoid him and dodge him, but he just kept coming after me, and there was nothing I could do. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She actually initiated all of the contact. Not all, but <laughs> it was it was pretty equal. We were both pretty into each other, and so by the time we were both done with our church mission, we were both pretty ready to start dating, and so didn't waste much time. Yep. Cool. So with you guys' graduation and everything, when did you actually start talking about um, what you wanted to do after college? Honestly, it was either right around when we did get engaged or it was maybe even a little bit before. Okay. Um, yeah, we're just very, I don't know what it was, but when we started dating, we were just very vocal about our intentions with wanting to get married. We were very open about, you know, what we wanted as far as like how many kids do you want? Where do you want to move afterwards? What do you want to do for work? We talked about all of that pretty early on. So that was kind of cool because there, were, there weren't really any surprises as we got engaged. Yeah, I remember asking her early on, like a month or two into our dating, like if she wanted to get married, if she could picture us being married. And me, I was in the Marine Corps before I went on the service mission for the church. And I had jobs lined up in the government and kinds of things. And so... Um, I was just pretty future oriented. We, we definitely, I, I had a plan and I, and I was flexible, but I was pretty vocal about that plan and, and I wanted to know what her thoughts were on it almost as soon as we started dating. So after he was very vocal about it, what was your response to that, Rachel? No, I really appreciated that Jacob was very big picture oriented that he was all about looking towards the future and like planning a lot that's one of the reasons that I really fell in love with him is because he was um very determined and had a plan and we weren't just gonna be like winging it homeless yeah as we talked about the future a lot of times with other guys that I may have had flings with or started dating once they started talking about the future or like what are we and that kind of a thing I'd be like like run away (laughs) hated it (laughs) But I don't know, it, for whatever reason, when Jacob started talking about the future, I was like, wow, he is the best. I love him. Let's get married. You know, so that was kind of one thing that made me realize that, like, oh, 
Jacob is the one for me because talking about the future and dating and marriage doesn't make me want to run away and scream and avoid him forever. You know, the opposite effect happened. So I reacted really well and favorably, I guess, when he was so future-oriented because that was kind of new for me to be excited about that quality. What would your advice be when it comes to, you know, other couples when they have to, I guess, share this, uh, be vocal about your actual, like, personal plans with each other when it comes to dating in the beginning or, like, in the beginning of your marriage, like, what would be your advice when it comes to that? I mean, obviously, um, you need to feel comfortable talking to your uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, the person you're dating about that kind of thing. If we started talking about the future and it kind of turned into like a gut-wrenching experience where I felt uncomfortable, then you need to go with that. You need to, to vocalize that feeling um, because, you know, I mean, not, not everybody works out, you know, when they're dating. And that's a reason for dating is because not everybody who dates needs to get married. Not everybody who dates, their futures line up, uh, their plans line up. Not everybody feels comfortable with that. And when, they, when, you, when you get married feeling uncomfortable with those situations, that's when, uh, you know, I know there's other reasons, but you see marriages not work out. But when, you know, you start vocalizing your future experiences and it feels good, like Rachel said, she felt excited about it, then that's a good thing. And then you need to talk about it. You need to express your feelings on what your plans are for your future as well. And you guys need to be willing to compromise and come together on, a, on, a, uh, on an idea and, and move forward with that idea. And obviously be open to change. When things happen in the future, things might change. But if you are working together and you have a common goal, then it's more than likely to work out uh, in favor for both parties. Yeah, something I want to add to is before Jacob and I started dating, we had known each other for two years about um, before then. And during those two years, we never really dated and we didn't even really spend a lot of you know, one-on-one time together at all, but still having those two years, we were able to see each other in leadership roles and see each other go through, you know, hard times. And maybe we got to see sides of each other that people don't usually get to see during our church mission. And I think that was one of the reasons that we were able to start talking about our future so quickly into our relationship is because we'd known each other and seen each other in these experiences for the past two years. We weren't dating, but I still felt like I knew enough about him to be confident about our future together, to at least that we could talk about it at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, we knew each other's work ethic. We knew each other's spirituality. We saw each other uh, working hard and being passionate about things. And, and those are very desirable traits that maybe some people when they're dating don't necessarily get to see. So I would recommend, my advice is to look for those traits. To, to look and see how hardworking is this person? Um, how passionate is this person about their beliefs, about, about things that they want uh, in the future? Um, if, if religion is a, is a big deal for you, how uh, do our religious views line up? You know, is it, or, or are their religious views something that I could see teaching my children? You know, um, these are things that you might not think about when you're dating, but become important when you start a family. So, okay, so most people get married after, you know, they're done with college and they're actually 
like they have a good job and they're like settled in the place that they want to live in um or maybe they're like near their families or something and so choosing to get married away from your families you know at school and kind of like in this situation where you're not really settled yet how did that kind of make you guys feel about trying to customize your lives together like did you feel nervous like how did you guys feel well we were although we came from different parts of the country you know i'm from texas jacob's from virginia we were different in that regard but we were so strongly united in the fact that once we graduate we want to leave idaho as soon as possible (laughs) um gotcha yeah um yeah i'm just kind of kidding there but honestly that's one thing that we did know is that after we graduate we wanted to move um and I don't think either of us were really, like, married to the idea, like, oh, we have to go back to where my family is. I don't think either of us were feeling very strongly about one place necessarily. We were open to anything, mm-hmm. which was good. But um, So, like Rachel said, she's from Texas and I'm from Virginia. Um, and I, I'm open to living anywhere. And we still talk about this, you know. Our plan right now is to go back to Virginia. Uh, like I said, I was in the military and I have contacts out there that can help me get the, get a job that I would like. Um, and that is just kind of a starting point for us. Uh, we're, we're also looking at houses in Texas because it would be nice to eventually end up in Texas too. We're both open to that, and, and we don't necessarily have to live near our families. But, you know, of course, we care about our families and we'd like to visit them, and it, may, it would be nice to do that. So uh, really I think we got lucky is kind of – a big thing too as far as it goes with each of us being both being so open to any possibility that's going to work out for us you know as long as we can we can see ourselves being happy there then what's a reason not to move there does that make sense it's kind of yeah i feel like that's kind of the mindset that we both have uh rachel's excited about the east coast it's going to be fun who knows if we'll stay there forever you know and we're both open to that Got it. Yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of how it is for J.A. and I as well. Like, we weren't really, like, planning on going anywhere specific after, but, like, we both know that we don't want to live in Rexburg. So we're just kind of like, which is where our school is, by the way. So we're just like, as long as we're at Rexburg, like, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> anywhere else is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's awesome that you both are very open to each other's plans or, like, what you thought your plans was going to be, you know, and that you guys were able to compromise or maybe it wasn't even, you didn't have to compromise maybe, but um, were there any differences at all though in your desires that you had to to kind of talk about or to ca- compromise on um, and how did you compromise on those things? How did you overcome your differences and come together and become one in your decision? One thing is kids. Um, And so we both want to start a family. And we both want to have kids. And uh, one thought was basically who's going to be primarily working and who's going to be primarily taking care of the children? Uh, Or are we going to both be primarily working and have daycare and school? And, um, you know, we initially kind of, we had to talk about this. Um, and, and come to a conclusion. And I don't want to dictate what everybody else does in their life, you know, as far as a married couple, what decisions that they come to. But after talking about it for a while, we, uh, we, we decided to, one, we're kind of a, 
roll with the punches kind of people. We'll see what happens, and if we need to change it, we'll change it. But we decided to start out by me working um, and Rachel staying home with uh, our children at first to see how that goes. You know, we plan on having kids soon after graduation, and we figure that will be good to, to, to see how it goes. You know, my job will be able to provide a good enough income for us. And then if, if Rachel's stir crazy and wants to work, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll address it. I think being open to each other's feelings and being able to openly communicate your own feelings uh, is a solution in, in, in coming to a, a reasonable conclusion that both people are happy with. Yeah, I just I don't think there's one cookie cutter answer for people and how they deal with conflicts and how they address different questions that arise. Um, but like Jacob was saying, you know, we're planning on having kids sometime soon in our life and we're going to be moving. And so we thought about, well, what makes sense for us, for our situation and for where we're going to be? And we realized that with my degree and my work experience compared to Jacob's, we're probably going to be able to get a better start if Jacob goes to work. And if we move to where Jacob can get a great job, that's going to be how our family is going to get the best start it can, just based on where we both are at, our experience that we both have, and his connections, where we're moving. All I'm saying is it's hard to know exactly what we're going to do as far as how many kids and who's going to work because we just aren't there yet. We don't have any kids. We haven't gotten there yet. And I, I, I don't think we really will know until we're in that situation. I don't know. Do you agree, babe? <laughs> I do agree. And honestly, I think that's one of the, uh, the most attractive characteristics of Rachel is her ability to roll with the punches to adapt, to be open to trying something before making change and trying something Mm -hmm. else. (laughs) But I think, you know, that's something that is important in a relationship is is a couple of things that we talked about. One, the ability to communicate your feelings and your thoughts. And two, your willingness to try something. It might not be what you've planned, but life has a way of throwing roadblocks in the mix. And if you're willing to try something else, you might just find happiness. And it might not work out, and then you try something else. There's no perfect plan for each individual person's life. There's no cookie cutter. This is what you'll do, and you'll be happy. If you're willing to roll with the punches and make changes as changes as needs or changes come along, then that's, I think, how you make a happy relationship and find that happiness in life. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think definitely uh, we don't know what's going to happen in our lives right and there's a lot of curveballs that come our way and uh, the ability to be able to be flexible and to um, just like you said roll with the punches is that what you said (laughs) Um, I think that's a that's a very good skill to have because you're going to be able to kind of have less stress and anxiety when it comes to to those things because you never know you they just come out of nowhere do you have any thoughts Rachel on that yeah just like we never know what is going to happen but we also don't know how we're going to feel about what does end up happening too which is why I think it's good that you know couples and Jacob and I have done this so you just talk about your feelings about how things are going you know, when it comes to being at school or when it comes to moving or having kids or getting jobs, 
you know, you don't, you can't always control what happens, but it's just good to let your partner know how you feel about what is happening so that you can either make adjustments or so that you can just, you know, rock and roll like you, like you have been, I guess. And it's important to have a sense of humor along the way. Be able to laugh at what went wrong and try something new. You know, if we spend our lives so worried about what may happen, we'll never experience what could happen. And so we need to let things happen before we get too worried about what we think might happen. Uh, we're going to spend too much time stressing if we if we live like that. And so I think that's something that Rachel and I have gotten kind of worked out pretty well is saying, let's see what happens. You know, I'm excited for what could happen. Let's see what happens. And if it doesn't work, we'll try something else. That's something I've had to learn from Jacob because he's so very relaxed and just easygoing. And I'll sit here and be worrying about like, well, what if this happens? What if we don't get the house? What if this happens? What if you don't get this job? What if, You know? And Jake, so I can, I'm very good at just coming up with horribly unnerving, anxious questions. And Jacob is always just like, well, we'll just wait and see what's up. We'll just wait and see. And I think that that's such a good outlook that I'm trying to have, but I'm just not very good at being as chill about things. But he has helped me a lot to be that way. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, say like, that's kind of uh, something that Nikki and I like also face, you know? And uh, I like that what you do, Jacob, when you say, you know, we'll see what happens. Because I'm always just like, don't think that way. It's, come on, like, don't think that way. Don't stress too much about it. You know, it's not as reassuring as like, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, we'll, we'll be together in the way. And so what do you think, Nikki, about that? Well, yeah, I definitely think that. I mean, for me, like, I do the same thing as Rachel. And I'm, but, like, instead of just coming up with the question, like, the whole situation is, like, in my head. I'm just, like, we're going to be homeless. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's just, like, the whole situation. And that's when I start freaking out. And I'm, like, okay, what can I do now to prevent that? But the thing that I've learned is that you can't do something now to prevent something that has not happened yet. You know what I mean? Or to, to avoid something that you're not even sure is going to happen. And so, I mean, definitely, like, I'm really grateful that J.A., um, I mean, he has helped me, too, and just kind of, like, just having faith, you know, having faith in us and in, like, our skills and in, you know, um, and in God to help us and um, and in, I guess, our education, too, because sometimes we forget, but our bachelor's degree is actually for something. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Good I one. think... <laughs> I think just um, definitely me and J.A. are different in that way as well. But I think that, I mean, I'm grateful for our husbands that help us to not be so in our heads. So. Um, I just wanted to go back um, to what you guys have already said. Um, one thing that really stood out to me uh, that you both said is the importance of communicating with each other, right? And you guys have shared examples of how you've done that. What other tools um, have you used when it comes to communicating well with each other to help you communicate well? I guess That's a good question. Against all of my instincts, we don't yell. And I think that is important because, you know, the natural man in me wants to yell sometimes. And I was in the Marine Corps. I got really good at yelling at people, tell them to do what I wanted them to do, and they did it. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's just something that I don't want to do to Rachel. 
And I think it's a way that I can show her how much she means to me because I'm not willing to yell at her. And she doesn't yell back. We don't yell at each other. And so when we communicate, even with disagreements or arguments or whatever you want to call them, it's calm. We try and stay calm. And we try and allow the other person to voice their entire idea, um, even if we feel like it's crazy. And that sometimes happens. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard. You know, I might cut her off a little bit. But... Um, I say, whoops, my bad, continue. And then she voices her entire opinion. I voice my entire opinion and we talk. And then we can come to a conclusion. You know, I think yelling oftentimes defeats the purpose of the argument because you never come to a conclusion. You storm away from each other and slam a door. Or you settle in on your opinion and you're unmovable, immovable towards theirs. Uh, or maybe you're both wrong and you need to meet in the middle. And so I think just keeping that environment um, of calmness and openness without yelling allows us to come to a conclusion a lot faster. And it allows us to then say, I love you at the end of it. And the argument becomes constructive instead of destructive. Yeah. And, you know, Jacob and I are both very, we're both very... I don't know if I want to say prideful, but we're probably both really prideful. Um, and we can both be uh, competitive and we both like to be right and we both like to prove our point a lot. And so, like Jacob was saying, it's hard to not, you know, let our emotions get away from us in so much of a desire to want to be heard and be right about things. But I also appreciate that, you know, we really try not to yell at each other and we really don't. It's kind of hard for me to picture Jacob being like the mean sergeant in the marine corps yelling at people just because i don't ever see him being you know mean to me that way which i really appreciate yeah for me that's one of the things that i you know definitely kind of struggle with is um communicating well and uh, it seems like you guys got it down sometimes <laughs> we haven't yelled yet that's good we'll see what happens in the future <laughs> we've definitely yelled a lot already so but I, I like that. So um, just kind of a follow-up question for you, Jacob, and for Rachel, too. Like, what helps you, I guess, just stay calm despite, you know, like what your body is telling you to do, you know? Because your body tells you, you know, the natural man, like you said, it wants you to yell. What, what do you think about or, like, how do you keep yourself calm? So... Usually when I have something that I want to bring up to Jacob about something that's bothering me or something that I didn't like that happened or that I said or that he said, I usually almost always try when I talk to him to sit really close and like hold his hand. And like I want to be in kind of a cuddly position when we're talking things through, even if I'm crying or even if we're both upset. I like to be sitting really close because honestly, like when we hold hands or when we sit close, that helps me be like, OK, this is my favorite person in the world. I shouldn't let my pride of wanting to like be right or wanting to prove a point get in the way that he is my favorite and we want to figure this out. So usually when I'm upset, we like I like go and I sit next to him and I hold his hand. And even if I'm like fuming or upset or irritated in whatever way with myself or with him, either way, that usually is what helps keep me like calm. It's like even if I hold his hand or when I wouldn't normally in that situation. You know, and we're not perfect. 
And I want to make sure that that doesn't come across like we're trying to say we're perfect in our communication skills. Yeah, we're not. But, you know, I oftentimes I know something's wrong, you know, or going on in Rachel's head before she says anything. And so uh, I'm ready for that. And also when when I am feeling some kind of way, I just take deep breaths. And she might see me go, or something, you know, and she's like, I can know, she knows, boom, he's, you know, feeling some kind of way. <laughs> but, you know, I don't, I won't yell. And it's, it, I'll, t- I'll take deep breaths. I will like, I like to maybe even, silence is not a bad thing. And I think um, in a lot of people's head, when you're having a discussion or a debate or an argument, silence is a bad thing. It, it's awkward space. To me, silence is not a bad thing because I'm thinking about what I want to say. And I want to make sure that I say it the right way. And if I say it the wrong way, I make sure to say, I might not be saying this right, I'm just saying what I feel. And then we kind of talk back and forth a little bit until we find out exactly how I'm feeling. You know, um, I might not know exactly how I feel right away. Um, and I'll think about it and then I'll start talking and as Rachel gives me feedback, it narrows down the issue. And then we address the issue. And we know that Rachel's not the issue, and I'm not the issue. There is an issue that we can address and it's and come to a conclusion together. I like that. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's very uh, very good advice and very helpful um, for me um, and true for Nikki. And um, it's going to be helpful for our listeners. So thank you for sharing that. So our last question has to do kind of, again, with after college and all these things. You guys mentioned that you like to visit your families. I'm just curious because, you know, it's kind of been hard, like, for us. I'm sure it is for, like, many couples, like, regardless of, you know, if you're in college or not. But how do you guys kind of split up, like, when you visit your families? Do you alternate or do you – how do you do that? So it's kind of just happened to be the case that we're alternating a little bit. Um, But it's not perfect. The thing is we have to understand that, our marriage is between Rachel and I. Right. You know, our families are important to us, but we married each other. You know, we're going to have kids together. We're going to be our own family. And so, you know, that's the first thing that is the most important thing. Second, obviously we want to see our families. So far it's turned out that we've kind of done every other. Our first year being married, we went, so we, we got married in Houston Spent time with her family before the wedding. Went on a honeymoon. After the honeymoon, went to Virginia. Spent time with my family. Her family came and visited my family. They kind of got to know each other again. It was good. Then Christmas, uh, we went to my family's house. And then the next Christmas, we went to her family's house. Um, and so, but I don't think either of us would have been really upset if we didn't go to either's family every other Christmas or every other holiday. You know what I mean? And so, I mean... We have good relationships with our families. Our families know we love them. Um, We stay in touch over the phone, messaging, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And we just try and make things work. And they know we're all trying our best. And I don't think anybody's going to get hurt if we skip them. Yeah. You know? Plus, that would be a lot harder to decide where we go if we actually had money and could go regularly. (laughs) But we're poor, so we don't go very often anyways. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no. (laughs) 
Um, but we also lucked out that both our families are very chill and relaxed, and I feel like they don't they won't get hurt, I guess. Because, um, you know, things happen, and depending on where we live and where people are going for Christmas, it might not be perfect where we go, when. So I think just the bottom line is make sure you communicate with your families that you don't visit or not visit them be, depending on how much you love them or anything that you love them the same and it's not that you love one family more than the other it's just sometimes how you know flight prices worked out or sometimes it's how um, your plans worked out so I think as long as you communicate with your respective families and in-laws and everything then that's kind of the most important thing for me but our our it's worked out pretty well for us so far we haven't been married very long so we'll see <laughs> and Rachel's family is all over the United States my family is primarily in Virginia, Southern Maryland, and then I have one sibling in Texas. So we go to Texas, cool. I get to visit my siblings and her family. We go to the East Coast, which is probably where we're going to live. We're going to live there first. Um, and yeah, we'll see my family a whole lot, but her brother lives in New York, so we'll visit him. And then occasionally we'll fly to Texas for holidays and things like that. I mean, we just got to make sure to let them know we're not playing favorites. Right. You know, and and there's no reason we can't stay in touch with our own families as much as we want you know with technology the way it is today it's not about just going to see your family on christmas i'm having a marco polo conversation with my sister and my brother today throughout the day they know that i care about them we're not playing favorites i haven't flown out to visit my sister yet nobody's going to be offended just keep in touch with your family as much as you want um and then when things work out that you're able to visit them i think that makes it all the more fun that it worked out you know, no feelings are hurt otherwise. That's just kind of how it's worked out with us, at least. Thank you so much for coming today and uh, joining us in this third episode of Married Undergrads. You guys are awesome. You guys uh, said very great. Lots of very inspiring um, wisdom and advice, and we're grateful that we're friends with you guys. Aww. And we're, we love you guys, and we're grateful that you guys were able to join us here today. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We're big fans. We're happy to be here. Long-time watcher, first-time interviewer. <laughs> no, thanks for having us, guys. We appreciate you. Yep. Thank you.